Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello Egg Chasers and welcome to the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. One second. <laughs> We're in the rugby dungeon. <laughs> I'm Tim. Phil is right there. Hello Tim. And JB is somewhere en Francais. Where? Bonjour Tim. Bonjour Phil. Bonjour. Salut. Bonsoir. Oh, bonsoir. Ah, yes, indeed. Uh, yeah, it's not, it's not easy to play down the mixer, is it, Tim? Well, n- not when you're about four feet away from it. <laughs> no. <laughs> Tim, yeah, you're it's, not... a, it's a fine art, which, which I've got it down to now. Well, yeah, the fine art is that I speak while you do it. Yes. Yes, that is true. That is true. <laughs> Although when I have to do it, when you're not here, I have to do my own introduction, take a breath, rush over, bring it down and then come back. Oh, there you go. Difficult. Um, and Tim, Tim is not um, laying on the chaise long like Kate Winslet in Titanic, <laughs> <laughs> like you frequently do, JP. <laughs> so that makes it more difficult. Uh, well, he, 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 is, he is a professional. I thought Virgin Radio bought him his own chaise longs, not only for his change room, but also for his studio. <laughs> I, I insist on one. Uh, whereabouts are you in France? That's a great question. That is a superb question. And the honest answer is I don't know. I'm one hour away from Geneva, which I know is not in France, but I am definitely in France. And the resort is called Grand Massif, or Massif, or however you say it. So that's where I am. I mean, it's all inclusive, and I am piling on pounds. I've only been here five hours. <laughs> How much have you eaten in five hours? Well, I'm not going to go through it all because it would really take a lot take a lot of your time but for lunch uh, two, servings, two servings of steak a serving of potatoes um, I had uh, some carbonara then I had another sort of pastry bakey thing then I had three beers I had an espresso and I had a sort of oh I had like some sort of like egg blamongi type chocolate thing which was good and a handful of pastries and then some sorbet to finish now the big question for me is on the all-inclusive, can you can you get a Negroni? No, I cannot. So I am drinking currently some uh, some spritz type thing, which is like um, can't really describe it. Lo- lo- lots of mints, but I have asked for a Negroni, and the answer is no. There oh. are no Negronis here. Dis- I know, third, third world, eh? Third world. Well, obviously, on this podcast, Mm. we are going to be discussing the opening weekend of the Six Nations. And whilst I'm disappointed as an Englishman, uh, this is my favourite time of year. And this is the best rugby competition on earth, bar none, isn't it? 
I think uh, yes, international. I think the Premiership is pretty good uh, as a weekly competition, but in, in international terms, yeah, this is it. Yeah, I, I would agree. The most history, generally the most um, competitive, and the most interesting. So yes, right, okay. So uh, when we look at this, I've, I've asked people to send questions and stuff in at Rugby Podcast uh, on Twitter is where you can find us. Hit subscribe in that feed. We'll have loads of podcasts coming your way through this competition. We want to hear from you, hear your thoughts. Uh, but let's get into ours, and we're going to start with the game that was last and freshest in our mind and most painful uh, for <laughs> Phil and I to have watched as well. Painful for who? Painful for Phil and I, and, and you for your prediction yeah. as well, your prediction of an England win. Which prediction? Because I, I seem to be hedged my back. <laughs> Standard. You you often predict uh, multiple different results. Yeah, well, I've got to say, uh, what, a, what an amazing result, and who would have thought it? Well, I would say that Sean Edwards would probably say he saw that coming. Yeah, I mean, what can you say about Sean Edwards? He's, he's, he's a defence coach. It, sh- it should be easy, shouldn't it? It should be easy for anyone to say to those players, go out and tackle people really hard, consistently, over and over again, with ferocity. I mean, I could write that on, like, a, a PowerPoint or something. But he actually gets them to do it. I can't understand why he is different to everybody else. Uh, rugby league background, northern, very yeah. very yeah, aggressive, yeah, I, scary. Yeah, but I mean, you, yeah, but I mean, you could simply nip nip over to a, a shipyard in Barrow and get someone with a rugby league background who's <laughs> <in> northern. <laughs> very true. Before we get into this game, the, the one thing I want to say is there's an incredible amount of reactionary. I can't think of the word. There's an incredible amount of short. I, I, I have, what's the word I'm thinking of? Very reactionary comments, which... Yeah, reactionary works well. Very reactionary comments. Oh, Eddie Jones, he's lost the plot. Oh, Ben Youngs is the worst player ever. Uh, Owen Farrell's awful. What, George Furbank shouldn't play international rugby, etc., etc. And let's just just remember, England played really badly and lost by seven points in Paris. And away wins in the Six Nations are incredibly hard to get. Well, look at Wales, and you can consistently get. JB, sorry, what, what is what is going on in the background right now? I'm just having kids run past. Oh, I see. <laughs> must, must be podcast fans. Must be <laughs> unbelievable. Um, yeah, unless you're Wales, and then you win Grand Slams consistently. In which case, away away games don't seem to be a problem. I wonder if the reactionary thing to say is England are world class because I feel now really stupid. I feel really stupid for believing in England through the World Cup campaign. I said it through a group of stages that played no one hard yet. They battered the All Blacks. They then get beat in the final. They've got to the final. So I have to say, yeah, they're quite good. They were terrible today. They were terrible. And they were beaten in exactly the way that I would say you can beat England. Because once you take their physicality off them, they've got nothing else. In, in a game like this, with a team like this, I agree. I think there was there's a, certainly a couple of missing players in the Vunapolas who were massively missed in their carrying. And mm. that's okay when you've got uh, Manu Tuolagi at outside centre because he can carry as well as anyway as, as anyone. But they didn't, when he went yep. off so early after 16 minutes, they should, with hindsight, you can say they should have changed the game. They should have, um, well, possibly brought Genge on, possibly brought Ludlum on. Devoto? Devoto, perhaps, for the big ball carry in the centre. 
um, or that he's the next biggest, next best option. And they didn't. But like, well, why don't you change the game completely? Because you've got the two beautiful distributors in Ford and Farrell. And do you know what? When John and Joseph came on, I thought, this is, this actually might work in England's favour because they were under the cosh. Um, Teddy Tom had just broken them. Vaca Towers re- re- running riot. I thought, Jonathan Joseph's defence is going to actually solidify England. And then if they could have got the other side of the ball right and got Jonathan Joseph you know, in dangerous attacking positions rather than crash-balling it, I think they'd, they'd have been much, much better. Yeah, but they couldn't get that that attacking position. Oh, well, sorry, let me say that in a different way, actually, because they got those attacking positions they multiple times. They had the, the lion's share of the, ter- uh, of the territory and they got seven or eight times into France's 22 by some intelligent kicking and a little bit of luck at times. But it was when they got there, they couldn't then bend the line to force the opportunities to then break the line. So they couldn't get they couldn't get the fast front foot ball that Jonathan Joseph or Elliot Daly or Johnny May or any of those outside backs could have uh, worked with. The kind of quick front foot ball that Manny Tuolagi and Billy Vanapola create. And, Manu, uh, and Mako. And Mako. And you were looking for other people to step up into that carrying role and... Um, Courtney Laws was trying. Courtney Laws tried, wasn't effective. Marrow wasn't effective. Sinclair really wasn't effective. No, he I had think a really poor game. His his hands were poor, and it, when he was when they were looking for him to carry, he seemed to just want to hit the deck like too fast. So he's hitting the deck two yards behind the gain line, which meant that the ball was mm. even slower. So the yeah. the lack of the lack of the ball carriers. It, that but, but I, do, I don't think I, I mean I think a team's got to be more more than just a handful of ball carriers and if they're missing you don't win and, you know, it's, uh, there's got to be more to it than that so for instance like you look at the successful Wales teams that have won in the past and they're not filled with talent but they find a way to win by a scheming or plotting or something <laughs> and I just thought the, the England performance thing wasn't particularly good enough and I think one of the things might be is I wonder if that, there's a World Cup ha- um, final hangover and not in a good way, not as in like, you know, they're a bit tired and all the rest of it. I wonder if they kind of believed their own hype. They thought, yeah, we will show up to Paris and we'll win this because Paris aren't very good. It's a new team with a load of uh, fresh lads. And we'll just strut in there. No. And we'll take care of business. Mario Toji, no. I've never had, seen Mario Toji have a bad game. He had a terrible game today. I, 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 I'm not, no, I, I think that would be nonsense that there was any level of arrogance that they thought that... That, I mean, they played poorly, and we can talk about that, but to suggest that it's an attitude issue and that they took it for granted that they'd go to Paris and win, no way. That England have lost five of their last seven Six Nations games away from home. And it's awful. It is That's tough. To, really dreadful. Um, I'd, I'd actually... So I don't, I don't really buy the the arrogance thing. I think Marrow had a bad game, a very bad game, possibly the worst I've seen him play. I, I, exactly as you say, Jay. I'd actually go to um, mm. something that we flagged last year and possibly even the year before in uh, Downfall 2018. It was England's inability to adapt on the fly, and you yeah. saw. So Mano is go, Mano going off is one thing, but they were not getting the front foot ball. They were making basic handling errors, but they failed to to do anything to rectify that. It was only really in the second half after whatever's happened at halftime and after a couple of people were changed so after um, Genge comes on and, and Ludlum comes on uh, um, that they 
manage to change anything. That first half, there was no change in performance despite doing so poorly, and that's the most frustrating thing from my side. I mean, there's no. No, I just add to what Phil said, and and just let's just put the context here. England weren't didn't bring their A game at all, but they created so many opportunities that they butchered. And they lost by seven points. It, they played, like we've talked about, we've never seen Maruatoji play so poorly. Carl Sinclair was, was really poor by his high standards. Owen Farrell, the handling mistakes in the first half. I mean, George Furbank, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to be someone saying, oh, that was a ridiculous selection. I'm fine with the selection. He did not have a good game. Probably nothing with kids. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, Tom Curry, he did some great work around the park, packing down at eight. When when the England scrum's going forward and you yep. just want the control, it didn't have that. That's a f- basic fundamental of, of a number eight. Yeah, 100%. So all of those things can be rectified. Yeah. And England lost by seven points to a French team who we would talk about them saying they played brilliantly well, their defence was really oppressive, their back row were all over, I mean, all over the place. Uh, and so yeah, but you're saying right, lost by seven I'm just, putting, I'm, just putting a bit of context, I'm just putting a bit of context. I'm just putting a bit of context around it, saying let's not doommonger it so much. Because the, the, I mean, the other, con- but the other context would be right that if Johnny May didn't exist, you'd have lost by twenty-one points. Twenty-four, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and, and, and if, if if Johnny May could run as fast as Usain Bolt and was as big as the world's strongest man, we might have won. We do have <laughs> Johnny May. Yeah, he nearly was. He nearly was. Um, so, yeah, I don't think England played well at all. I think Eddie Jones got a hold of his hands up and say, you know, what is he doing picking that team? We, 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 we spoke about it last week. I mean, I don't know if you know this, boys, but every now and again, I go and watch Sale Sharks. Do you? you? Know yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been, I've, been, I've, been, I've been down a few times recently. You should mention it. And Tom, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Tom Curry, right, is a guy who is not just an excellent player, right? He's not just good when you watch him on on TV. But if you ask any of the players in sale, like the first player that comes to mind is Tom and Ben Curry about how hard they train, how well they train, how good they are. And that's fine. But I just think, why on earth when you've got this player who is so good and you've seen no evidence in their whole entire career that they could ever play eight, whether this be at the at Premiership, in training with their club, uh, you know, in England camp. I mean, I've never seen... And I've watched hours and hours of these boys play. And you give him his first ever game at eight in Paris against France. That is madness beyond madness. And, and let's just be clear, the, the only element of playing eight that is tangibly different from it playing seven or six, which is what he has played in his career, predominantly seven and occasionally six, <laughs> the only thing that is different is the base of the scrums when you have the ball. Bigger point is that there was an absence of what Billy Vunapola brings and what Nathan Hughes has brought on very rare occasions and what Alex Dombrandt or Nathan Hughes or Joe Simmons or Ben Earl or Tamana Harrison could have brought, which is well, I think the gain line success. I think, we're almost, I think we're confusing two things there, aren't we? There's the gain line. I wasn't too worried about his overall work rate because, as I always say, with number eight, if you can't get a big carrier, get big work rate. Yep. Tom Curry will bring that into spades. Not a problem with that whatsoever. But you know, those those three or four big moments. I mean, that can that can turn a game, particularly when it's a, a high um, high pressure situation, scrum, scrum, whatnot. 
And the thing with Tom Curry, which I really don't get, is if this was your idea, right, and you had thought about this long and hard, why didn't you give him 15 minutes at the end of a game in, in the group stages in the World Cup? Why has this not been discussed? Why give him his first start with no one on the bench to cover him? Except for Ludlam, which interestingly, he, he didn't actually even come, come on at eight. Well, Ludham has played eight. I'm just going to stick up. I, no, I, I understand. I, I agree. I agree broadly speaking. But I'm actually just trying to say, trying to anticipate what Eddie Jones's thought process is. Is that the base of the scrum attacking ball? As long as the scrum does its does its job, shouldn't be too big of a deal because it, it. So yeah, there was a couple of poor moments, um, and Michael Checker, or who, awesome. Michael Checker, or whoever it was, it was Australian coach at the start, did this exact same move for David Pocock. And no one was mm. going. What's he thinking of? How could he do it? Yeah. So, uh, so I think that actually it's two separate things. Tom Curry messed up a couple of things at the base of a scrum. Fine, but the bigger problem was the game line that we've talked about, which was just purely as a consequence of that selection. And, and the the other big thing, which we kind of briefly mentioned, was just the number of basic errors. So. There was basic handling mistakes. Uh, Owen Farrell and Furbank were a couple of blatant ones in the first half with no real pressure on them. And then the number of times, particularly in France's 22, where England carry the ball in and just fail to secure their own ball when they're tackled and it gets turned over and France play out or uh, Boutier, the the 15, puts in a 90-metre kick. Um, (laughs) Yeah. those those kind of mistakes are they they kill you in a game like this, but they are correctable. They're not they're not. Uh, you will make those mistakes um, infrequently enough for them to be correctable, and they got grouped together in this game, and they all cost. What and just another disappointing thing from from my side was France seemed to react faster. So every time there was one of those mistakes, the ball, and I think it was more than just um, luck for France to react so consistently better, the ball always seemed to end up in French hands. And they just seemed that to yeah. either have that desire or those split-second faster reactions so that any England mistakes were capitalised on by France. And that was, I don't know if it's desire, it's- I don't know if it was the sharpness, I don't know if England were tired or rusty or what. I mean, that is, that is, isn't it, a classic example, which any coach will tell you about. Just the French wanted it more. For that first half, the French just wanted that game far, far more. It was, it was enthusiasm. And the weird thing about it all is, look at how we built this game up. Is, you know, we don't really know what the French are. The French being French, they'll bottle it in some way. And they nearly did towards the end. Very young team. And this England team, let's make no bones about it, is one of the more experienced England teams that, that they've ever had. You, know, you would expect them to deal with it comfortably. Yeah. I, d- I disagree. Not, ex- I disagree that any team so which would expect to deal with France comfortably in Paris, and everyone was talking about this being a young and inexperienced and experimental French team. Bollocks! No, it wasn't. Mm. No, it wasn't. It was a little. They, they they had a new cap at fullback. Um. Yeah. Rates hasn't played loads of international rugby. In fact, that wasn't his debut on the wing, was it? He's played before. No, he's no, played before. no, 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 it wasn't. No, and played, played, played quite a lot. To be fair. And so you, you tell me where the uh, where else the real inexperience was in that French team? Front row didn't Probably have a two, huge number of yeah. caps. Um, you two locks. 
What are you talking oh, about? Um, t- Olive on is v- Willem, it, it, Willem's uh, young. Olive on twenty seven. Olive on, but he's not huge. The cat. He had he had a bloody good game. He did, didn't he? Um, the, in terms of the number of caps, so France did have far far less, by far the lowest of any fewest. team. Sorry, fewest. Good point. <laughs> far, far, far fewer caps. Um, they had two hundred ninety nine caps. Compare that to England, who were eight hundred thirteen. Yeah. Uh, Wales were the most capped this weekend, over nine hundred caps. So the. They, they had experience in some positions, but not right across the board. But yeah, I mean, you're, you're right to point out, Tim. Tim, you you are right to point out how how well um, how how good this French team is, and it's interesting. I, I watched the Eddie Jones press conference uh, just before I came here. Actually, it just been put up, and Eddie Jones was in his usual kind of defensive uh, mode, as he is. He's always good value when England win. He's always good value when England lose. Um, but he did, on a number of occasions, said, "Say you're focusing too much on England. France were brilliant in this game, and the biggest thing that France did very, very well, um, Jay, you highlighted it before, was their defence. And their their defence forced those turnovers. Yeah. They forced the the errors. And England, England, particularly in the twenty two, they kept doing simple things, expecting France to crumble." And instead of France crumbling, England crumbled and, and the turnover was forced and yeah. they were 90 metres back on their own try line. Yeah, and England did not score one designed try. Oh, how on, did they? Was it just two Johnny May tries? It was the two Johnny May tries. Yeah, I mean, that, that one kick is just a random Johnny May kick that could go into the stands, it could go behind him, you know, it, could, <laughs> it, it, could, it could kill a ball boy, you don't know where that's going. And... You know, fine. I mean, that, that's just a, a you know a good a good bit of skill, well executed. The second one when he we, when he weaves through, there's maybe Johnny May, Josh Adams, and Teddy Thomas in all the situations that can possibly that can possibly do that. Yeah. And that would worry me that there's no real design to how England scored scored their tries. Yeah, I'd I'd go with that because it did. I felt England were clueless when they got they got into positions and then. We're just expecting, well, just expecting France to to crumble, and, and France didn't. Yeah, and something we've not marching them back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of the France defense was brilliant, but that probably comes onto a point that we've not mentioned, and it's the performance of the two scrum halves. Yes, <laughs> yes, quite. Um, the only two scrum halves, or the, the only two full um, cap senior scrum halves in the England squad there is an apprentice in there in Mitchell from Northampton but it just feels like I mean we all said it after the World Cup final we've said it uh, a number of times before that but this game really seemed to highlight the weakness that England have Um, Ben Youngs has got 95 caps 96 caps I think it is Mm. hugely hugely experienced player Um, and he's had some brilliant games in an England shirt I've not seen it for a good couple of years now. Do we think anything different will happen there? Well, uh, well, if if you want to pick up on what Eddie Jones's mood might be in terms of what he thinks of his own selections, but not not on the Ben Jones one, but just to sort of pick up where Eddie Jones's mind is at, he said, and I quote: "Tom Curry is a long-term project at eight. We think he has a lot of potential why? in that position." 
Yeah, he said that that's in his press madness. conference. He said that in his post match press utter, conference. Sorry, that is utter, utter madness. He must not watch him play. He just must not watch him play. There was nothing that suggested Tom Curry can ever be a, a proper eight. He can fill in there. He can do that Pocock role. He can do all sorts of bits and pieces. Marvellous player. There is, he is, if I have to count the players at Sale Sharp, right, <laughs> until recently, he's probably, he's probably the fourth one, the fourth one that Steve Dunn would call up to, to, to be them break. It's, it's, um, a, it's ridiculous to think that this is his international position. And it's not because he's, he's bad or he can't do it. It's also because of the fact that he's one of the world's best flankers and there's a load of good eights. What, what is he thinking? It, 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 it's, it's remarkably stupid. Remarkably. So I wouldn't be getting your hopes too high up Alex Dombrandt or Sam Simmons. Or Nathan Hughes. Or Nathan Hughes or Taman Harrison. Bernal maybe, but it doesn't doesn't sound that way. So No, if anything, the change... So I, I listened to that and I think the change that we'll see in the back row is we will have a third seven in there or I think there will be you won't see three locks starting again I think we will ha- unless it's terrible ter- terrible conditions um, I think we will have maybe Ludlam starting maybe Ben Earl starting but I think we'll continue to see Ben Curry at eight but with two um, workhorses alongside him more, more explosive yeah it, what worries me about this is and I just want to come back to Ben Young's in a second but what worries me about this is there is this and I can't prove it it's never been on record but when Eddie Jones gets himself in a hole with a player who's not doing doing well, he goes one of two ways. He bins them immediately, or he sort of doubles down. He did the same with um, Brad Shields, who was mysteriously in, in the England squad for God knows how long. And I wonder if he's going to do the same with Tom Curry. Look, it's not worked out, so I'll just carry on with this to prove that I was right. I I, I really think he will. Uh, oh. Jay, mate, we're just, uh, where's, is your battery for the, the, the computer down here? Is that it there? Hold on. Sorry? Your, your charger. Your charger. Hello. Hello, I'm here. Hello, I'm just, mate. I just um, need to charge your computer. It's saying battery low. Is that what it is? That yeah. It? Cool. Um, uh, so, yeah, the, the, the scrum half decision is is an interesting one because, again, we've got probably the world's best scrum half at the moment, Antoine Dupont, who... Uh, he was brilliant. ...did the basics but added a real bit of spark and a couple of important moments for France. And, and Ben Youngs was, like, like very laboured. Willie Hines wasn't really able to... Changed the game too much when he came on. No, a couple was, of nice little lift passes well, to George Cruz, but it's more of the same, really. Yeah. Because for every one of those lift passes, so to do the lift pass, you've got to pick up and you've got to look for the options. Yeah. Problem with that is you can get caught with the ball, and he, yeah. for every nice lift pass, he got caught with the ball yeah. once. But Dupont was super. What we would, God, what we do for Baptiste Saran, who didn't even come off the bench, who's a brilliant scrum half. Um, oh, if, if, if they don't want him, we'll just have uh, Machino. Oh, yeah, Machino, I'll take him. Morgan Parra, I'll take him. God, Dupont, apart from the kick with one minute to go, where he boots oh, yeah. it out behind him for a five-metre England scrum, apart from, I mean, it, totally irrelevant in this game. Well, well, in this game, yeah, but, but if, might... if England end up winning the championship because of a bonus point. Yeah, yeah. Um, Can I just say, that... that, that... That kick reminded me of something which, which Tim told me a while ago. Go on. So, it looked like a ridiculous decision at the time, right? Kicking it dead. And it was a ridiculous decision. Because I'm sure he thought the game was over, right? Yeah. But, there's only a minute on the clock. He's booted the ball out. And it reminded me of the story because, didn't you lose a, a cup final, Tim? 
because he went for the sticks rather than going for the corner. And the theory was going for the corner was a waste of time. And I thought, actually, with a minute on the clock, resetting a few scrums, they've got to score, then they've got to get the ball back, and then they've got to kick it again. So I'm sure we didn't want to do it. It actually wasn't a terrible decision. Well, yeah, because it, it actually did. By the time that scrum... Uh, with the reset. Was, yeah, with the reset was over, the clock was red. So it meant that... Yeah. It meant that it was impossible for um, England to actually win, so like, albeit possible to get a bonus point. Yeah, so you got five seconds. Uh, you got a minute to waste. You got the first five to ten seconds of people just being astonished at that that, that Dupont's doing that. <laughs> if Dupont can continue to celebrate winning the game for another ten seconds, that, that, that's twenty seconds gone automatically. Then you've got to get the ball back, and you've got to march the front rows over. It's not actually an awful decision. It is an awful decision for the record. <laughs> we will return to England because and, and France because there is there is much to discuss. But we'll do that in the context of looking ahead in a moment. But um, yes, Stuart Hogg. Come on, let's just go uh, there. I mean, can you imagine what he was like? First game as Scotland captain. He's got his new hairdo again. Did you know he, he, he's, had two, he's had two hair transplants? Has he? Yeah, he had, he, he had a hair transplant, then he bleached it, which killed the roots. <laughs> so he had to have another hair transplant. And he's going to have to have a third hair transplant now because he'll, be, he'll have been pulling his hair out uh, in bed oh, over the weekend. Uh, oh, my word. I feel, so, I feel really sorry for him. But, oh. I mean, that's, that's what he's there to do. I know. And he had, he had a great game besides that and he was so fired up and I loved I loved his energy and I, I think that that had a big impact on the team on the Scotland team yeah because so this is another game so Scotland lost this by seven points they get a losing bonus point same as England um, Scotland will be much happier in general about this 80 minute performance yes than England even though some of the basic errors are almost identical because Scotland repeatedly got into Ireland's 22 yep. and repeatedly turned the ball over. You're absolutely right. But Hogg, oh my God, that was, it's sickening. It's absolutely yeah, really sickening. Just... And I love the way that he, they carried on celebrating. They went through a phase of this, didn't they, in about, I don't know, 2005 or, or, or whatever it was, which is players would score and then celebrate so no one, so no one would check it. Like a boxer. And he knows at the end got, of a fight, yeah, trying yeah. to sway the judges. Yeah. yeah so, but like he knows, it, but he knows it's going to get checked. I and mean, why did he just come, come clean? <laughs> <laughs> he was he was hoping it wouldn't get checked. There's a there's a one two percent chance that that's not going to get checked. And he was he was banking on it. He was roll, <laughs> you got to roll the dice. You got to roll the dice. You see that the, that, that the is the kind of. Die. That that is the kind of gamesmanship and play acting that I'm actually okay with. <laughs> but but let's just talk about Johnny Sexton, who also captain uh, for the first uh, well not not for the first time, but permanent captain for the first time, leading his team out. They got the win in Dublin, but he I'm, I'm telling you, he brought shame on himself and his countrymen. There is no way of proving Ooh. it. There's no way of proving it. But I'm telling you, at age 34 and one of the best players on the planet. To do what he did and try and, well, I don't know what he was trying to do, but pretending he'd had like his jaw broken, I th- it looked, I'm going to stop short of saying he was cheating, but it looked like cheating. It looked like it was potentially pathetic. So I, I would be a little bit softer than that. I didn't like, I hate the way he did it actually, which is he kind of 
sits up looking to see if the ref's looking and then holds his jaw. Then goes down, holding yeah. his jaw. And then when the ref says, no, nothing, he, he stops holding his jaw, gets straight up. He did... So having watched the replay and seen the slow motion, he did take a whack on the on the neck jaw area from Hamish Watson, who is a bloody strong boy. Yeah, he is. He, he hit him bloody hard. So part of me has some sympathy because it probably was an illegal hit um and you kind of want the referee to do something but with that said it obviously hadn't hurt sexton or certainly not sufficiently for him to be holding his jaw initially until he thought the referee was looking so that bit is that's the bit, bit i didn't yeah. like really didn't like I, I yeah. stopped, i've stopped short of saying it because it, it could have been he could have genuinely been hurt and it took a few seconds to register that's not how, that's not how it looked I'm not- I'm not going to be so kind, actually. I mean, if he continued to hold his jaw after the ref had said, yeah, nothing, I'd go, yeah, maybe he did hurt his jaw. Yeah. But he didn't, did he? You know, it was cynical. And it's a cheating. It's certainly gamesmanship. Um, it's, just not, it's just not a cool look. You know, the guy, it's like Jim says, best, one of the best players on, on, uh, on the planet. Why, why go there? Why bother? I know, because besides that, so he scored he was all, great. all 19 of Ireland's points. Yeah. He was very good, he was very calm and cool and got Ireland into the right places when they needed to be, right parts of the field. And Itzky's tried brilliantly, which was a it was a lovely bit of inventive kind that uh, got England, I think, God, why didn't we have something like that in all that? Why were we unable to have that? It was just a little... I think it was Furlong who stood at first receiver, popped to Furlong, the loop, and then out the back to Sexton. And it, it actually, if you watch it again, that little quick off-the-cuff move, or pre, I think it must have been a pre-planned call, but not pre-planned to do it at that moment in time, it actually created a three-man overlap. It, well, it was a three-on-one. So had been tackled, there was two men outside him who would have just walked in. It was a really, really nice little bit of play. What do you think? In- very, very <laughs> intense. Section 28... So, Paul, um, injury, uh, maybe not, maybe there. But then, I guess, England, um, Dylan Hartley was captain for the first two years under Eddie Jones. In, they go to a World Cup without him. So it's not it's not absolutely essential. Yeah. Is he the best leader right now in that team right now? Who's definitely going to be starting? Exactly, that's the, yes. that's the point. Definitely going to be starting because the other the other not definitely starting. It yeah. might be Conor Murray. Definitely start. Who else? Might, who else are the contenders that would definitely be starting? I'll think of any. Yeah, well, Henderson. Yeah, but but let's, let's, say, let's say a second. Let's say a lock or two as a storming. Ryan, yes, but. So I, I understand it. I understand it. Ryan will, will possibly be the captain. So there's a little bit of the French team, a little bit of um, Tom Young in here, which is, I just wonder if giving Sexton the doesn't matter if anybody else, but a rugby team, it's so hard for a young guy to step up in as captain. But it wouldn't be that hard for Johnny Sexton to step up to support whoever it is, or else it is as captain. I thought, and I think there is another actually captain. So the team move on, and I think that's who was a fin but he has to see the tribute him, kind of definitely still point. Johnny Sexton, he might be any player. Great shout, actually. Interesting countryside. 
Um, they're both in a class. And, and was helped out at the right times by um, Sam Johnson. Uh, outside him, had a great game. Um, Sam Johnson just brings brings things. Just I don't know what it is. He picks the right lines. On the bigger stage, he plays very well. And was it, uh, who was 13? Was it Hugh Jones? Hugh Jones, yeah. Who did some good things. He was uh, yeah, I mean, quiet overall, but did, but did well. I mean, that, I think that's the sort of combo that Scotland needs. That's exciting. Yeah. Like they are far, far better when they go out and just take the game to teams. I agree that Scotland deserves some credit. And I, I actually thought it was a more balanced Scotland performance than just, as you say, going and taking it to teams. It was quite a... Uh, they, they kicked when they needed to, when it was right to. They got themselves into the right positions. They just didn't apply the pressure and finish it when they got there. Yeah, their pack fronted up. Which which gave them that balance because they've got the the dynamism in the backs, uh, they've got a bit of excitement, but their their pack gave them a platform to work off. It's just yeah, it God, they, the whole be, world. Sorry, I was just gonna say they'll be so frustrated that I think it was eight times they got into the twenty two and failed to come away with points, which is it just uh, makes it much. just makes the whole World Cup thing even more mind boggling. <laughs> yeah, it does. Mm. Why couldn't it's unbelievable. Why can because there are a few new faces in this team? Haining at number eight, who did pretty well. By the way, he was not anywhere near Bristol's back row. Yeah. So they tried to convert him to a hooker. Then he went to. They Ed- tried to. He's six four, isn't he? No, they. They. He was. He was a auxiliary hooker for Bristol last year. That's. I think he played more at. If it's the guy I'm thinking of, I think he played. They were playing him at hooker. Bloody hell. Uh, so I, play, I mean, he's eighteen and a half stone, so he can play front row. Yeah, but but has, uh, but I'm absolutely certain he was signed as Edinburgh as a body, <laughs> and there he is starting for Scotland and and playing pretty well. Like, he played well, like uh, a like a con- like a concussion boy. <laughs> yes, a yeah. good concussion boy. And, but a number eight who is used to playing number eight did all right <laughs> on the international <laughs> stage. Wow, what a thought! Right, we got two big matchups left to talk about. We'll get on to Wales-Italy in just a second. The other one was BBC versus ITV. Who won that one for you? <laughs> We've had quite a few people asking the question. Um, it has to be ITV, in, in, in my opinion. I'm, I'm not sure about um, Pugacha instead of, say, um, Bayfield Craig, or... Doyle. Doyle, yeah, Craig Doyle or Sarah Elgin. But... Besides that, there's a, f- a few um, BT members there. Um, Driscoll and Gre- um, Driscoll and Wilkinson were very, very good, and of course Nick Mullins is brilliant, always, always, always. And then, God, the the England panel, the panel for England and France today just felt confused. So three Englishmen and one Frenchman. Castagnier was great. Dylan he Hart- loves Nigel Ray, doesn't he? <laughs> Castagnier yeah. loves Nigel Ray, but maybe he, as much he, as JB. He was a bit too positive. Nearly. A bit too positive, seemingly without understanding some of the facts. That was what came across that he, he's read maybe a Stephen Jones column. Um, and that's it. That's it. And he's, uh, but but anyway, if we, if we wanted to call him, we could probably get him on on the landline at his St Albans house that he's staying in tonight. We'll see. <laughs> I thought. I always like Castagnier. Yeah. Uh, I thought Hartley was good value. Yeah, he was. I thought Guska and Johnson just added nothing at all. 
Not not a single thing. In fact, they just took away from those two being pretty interesting. So they dragged the whole thing down. Um, so yeah, I much prefer the ITV. Yeah, I, I can't say either way because I didn't see the first game. I, I watched both games, but they were on in the club. Yeah. And I was rather drunk and the sound was down. So I've actually not, not watched any broadcast with the sound up. Oh. So I have no idea what the um, commentary crew was. Uh, who did the ITV game? Uh, uh, who, can, can I, just, I just want to add, I think Dylan Hartley has been absolutely brilliant since he's retired. He's loosened up. I saw yeah, him yeah. speaking, at a, at a, doing an after-dinner thing. And his his no. also his Instagram stories have been amazing. He did a whole... Um, rundown of the England 15 and um, oh, I'm trying to find let me try and find them but um, he did the whole England 15 I'll, 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 I will get them I, I made a note of them oh yeah so for example Sam Underhill if he wasn't whacking people on a rugby field he'd be on a gap year somewhere dressed in fair trade hemp clothing <laughs> it sometimes looks like Chuck Norris has roundhoused him through a charity shop but if you look closely he's got a lovely Rolex or Braemont watch on his wrist slightly contradictory oh, hard working nice. hard nosed uncompromising and has lovely manners exactly what you want from your flanker so there was lots of he did a rundown he called um, he, uh, George Ford he said Integral to how the team prepares and plays, one of England's genuine leaders, and he coaches the attack daily. When he's not doing analysis or preparing meetings, Eddie Jones has him in the gym doing extra bicep curls so he can fill his shirt better. Allergic to sunshine, so I, ho- so I hope the red rat didn't get too burnt in Portugal. Uh, so Dylan Hartley, retired, is great value at the minute. I quite liked his line. So, uh, about- Sorry, go on, Jake. I was going to say, about newly retired players, okay, so... Here is my general rule, is we need more players doing more comms more often because when you get to a stage where you're a player moving into the comms world, you try really, really hard to do a good job and therefore you normally do a really good job. The problem comes when your number is stuck in a producer's phone and has been for the past 10 years and you just mail it in. So uh, I think it was Wigglesworth that did something a few weeks ago for BT and he was absolutely ace because he'd take spent the time to research the whole thing and make sure that he knew exactly what he was talking about. You look for the big games, the BBC, uh, sometimes ITV, and they roll out these guys. They just don't care. They were there to get a paycheck. Um, Gus Scott is 100% one of those guys. It doesn't surprise me that Hartley's doing well, because Hartley will be looking at this thinking, I want a bloody career. You know, I've got to try hard. Whereas the other guy is like, well, I've already got a career. You know, bloody um, Brian Moore. Don't tell me that he's anything original about rugby for the past 20 years he hasn't he's still living <laughs> off the time when he played at, at so the very I'm least on a, more... yeah and with Brian Moore at the very least on a day like today he should have given it a oh for god's sake <laughs> some, but he didn't even do that no um, I'll tell you another one who first time I've heard him um, doing comms there were some ups and downs but overall I think I liked him was Michael Checker he did the mate. The, oh yeah, the Wales, Wales Italy game. Oh yeah, mate, great a footy, mate. It's good the, footy. There were times where he was like overly negative and overly yeah. dour, but he did also add some interesting insight yeah, of, as to how um, he's seen Wales play in the past when how he's to been, take a loss. How, oh, sorry. how to take? <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I thought I thought he added something pretty good, pretty different, uh, and it's. I, it always surprises me because he's a big boy. He was a number eight, wasn't he, when he played? It always surprises me just how high pitched his voice is. Who, Checker? Checker, yeah. Wasn't Checker a hooker? I always thought. No, Ed, thought he, he, was a hooker. he played in the same team as Eddie Jones when Eddie Jones was a hooker. I think was he was hooker. a back rower, yeah. I'm sure he was Six a back rower. Six or an eight. Where was he? I thought so. Again. I might be wrong. So let's just have a quick <clears throat> look. But it, you're right, his voice. Yeah. Yeah, mate. Uh, well, go on. Player. But no, um, for me, um, played number eight. Yeah, played number eight for Australia at under twenty one levels. There you go. More than three hundred games for Ramwick. For me, ITV wiped the floor, and I don't care about the adverts because it's the it's the quality, not the it's the quality, not the quantity. And I'd, I'd take f- four minutes less every now and again to go and get a beer in or a brew in, and have really exactly right. really top notch stuff and. Uh, so just on a personal preference, ITV. Yeah, I would, I would, I would probably, I, I would probably agree with that. Just because um, I've seen the ITV stuff in the past, it's much, 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 much better. Um, I completely agree with that. Beat, uh, you know, the BBC stuff is just, it's just relics, frankly. Um, yes, they keep rolling out the same. Old oh, people. hang on, hang on. Although there was one thing which really upset me, like really upset me. Um, someone decided to refer to the fact. Faf the clerk, Faffy, who's one of the best scrum halves probably on the planet, as um, dressing as dressed up like a middle-aged crafts judge, which obviously I felt was was completely disrespectful and not funny in the slightest. <laughs> <laughs> middle-aged judge at crafts. I also saw him described as a beautiful sh- looking look like a beautiful Shetland pony. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I do not find this funny. I do not endorse it. <laughs> I have nothing with the utmost uh, 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 respect for Fafta Clerk. It's so, no, ast- you won't get a get, 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 get laugh out of me. A cheap laugh. It was astonishing. So, um, Claire, my wife, came into the room while Faf was on TV. And she's like, what has he done to his hair? Is it always like that? I was like, yep, that's him. One of the best rugby players in the world. He looks like that. Yes. And also, I, I mean, I've got fairly fair hair. And I know that I've got a, quite a similar complexion to Fafta Clerk. Do not wear beige. Beige does not work with fair hair and your skin tone, Faf. It, it didn't look good. Fair, fair he's got His guns look good under that rib jumper, though. Yes. I, well, I think you're all wrong. I think Faf, Faf did marvellous. He was dressed perfectly. Uh, it couldn't be more perfect. It was more perfect than any call to any ambassador in Ukraine. It was a perfect, perfect display by Chapter Clerk. I'll tell you who was perfect sartorially this weekend, Andy Farrell. Oh, yes, he looked, suit. He looked awesome. First time I've seen him in a suit, I think. He's always wearing no tie, and polo. Yeah. Black suit, like JB, did you see it? He Black suit, black suit, and he's got... I think he's in good nick. Yeah. He's in very good nick. He's deep, like he's got depth to his body, which meant he just wears that jacket really well. And uh, white shirt, a couple of buttons undone on it. He looked great. (laughs) So, you're not wearing that for the photo shoot, Six Nations. He was wearing it uh, during the game. On the on the pitch, Was what he? you mean? He doesn't get a, a different outfit for different games, like people on the red carpet at the Oscars. This is an outrage. <laughs> he should do. Maybe he's wearing That's the same outrage. suit for climate change, like Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> so, a, f- a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, uh, or maybe he's only wearing vintage suit, like um, like Hilton. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes, to save the planet. Is it, it Nicky Hilton? Nicky Hilton. Nicky Hilton. Yeah, Nicky Hilton, Hilton the... will, yeah she'll, she'll only wear 
vintage Chanel, which fair play to her. Yeah. The sacrifices of these superstars, mate. So a friend of mine, this is on, on from Farrell, um, he's my age, so mid-30s. Um, his old man is, I think he's pushing 70 now, but he, my pal has never beaten him in a running race. His old man is still way fitter than him. Wow. My friend's run a number of marathons, but he cannot, cannot beat his old man. And I think that... Harry Gorin? Not, not Harry... Uh, Harry Gorin might be the same, actually, but another... another he's the same, I'm sure he is. Uh, Harry, Harry Gorin has not run several marathons. <laughs> no, no, he has not. That might have. Anyway, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. No one knows his name. But um, I can just see... So Andy Farrell will still bench more than Owen Farrell. He'll squat more than... He'll deadlift more. He can run faster. He can run farther. He can just do everything better than Owen Farrell. Still. Do you know what Dan Scarborough used to complain about? No. Dan Scarborough used to complain about his hand being sore because, because Andy Farrell passes the ball so hard. <laughs> he, Farrell was a, an unbelievably good rugby league player. Unbelievable. I went to Andy Farrell's first ever game of rugby union. I think it was, was it Luton that they played? Oh, so back when he joined Saracens in about 2006, seven. Not Luton, um, Vicarage Road, uh, Watford. 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 Yeah, I made my then girlfriend, now wife, drive me all the way to Watford so I could. I mean, we missed the first half, which is fine because he didn't get on the first half. <laughs> he came off the came off the bike. I can't remember what position he played. I think he might have come on at come on at flanker. He did come on at flanker. Yes, he did, and he did absolutely nothing. <laughs> complete waste. Complete waste of time. So it, we went all the way to Watford to watch it. If they'd have been commentating on it like they commentated on Sam Burgess's Sam first Burgess. game, it would have been they'd have found something that. To big him up about, did yeah, they, exactly. Well, he's still made the England team. Am I am I making this up? But did in the Sam Burgess in his first game was it Quinns against Bath? Yeah, or Bath against Quinns? Did they have a? They had the big shot of the game playing. Did they have like a little sub window of of um, Sam Burgess warming up, or have I just totally totally made that up? He came off the bench, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, they did. He came they, off for about twenty minutes. They, oh, they, they had they had the, loads the of shots in, of him warming up. The in-screen shot. Yeah, and then. Sam Burgess was just a generic body in a ruck. <laughs> it was, and someone did a, a like a wonder snipe. Oh, the gap opened up there by Sam Burgess's rucking. <laughs> he's, in a, he's in a ruck. Generic body number four oh, in the dear. ruck. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. 
Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Oh, dear. Uh, uh, so right, I, off Six Nations. Sorry, go on. I think we've co- have we covered off the Six Nations? Well, we've not said anything about Wales yeah, in Italy so yet. Yeah, so one question which leads oh, into yeah, that fine. is... Eddie Jones wouldn't say so in a press conference, but if he was really, really honest with himself, do you think he would have spent Saturday evening maybe having a little little whiskey or a sake maybe in his hotel room watching the highlights again of the Wales game or whatever and thinking, why didn't I select Nick Tompkins in my squad? <laughs> um, I don't think he thinks like that. I think he, I think he's too... I think he's too forthright in his opinions to have them change. I think he's decided that Nick Tompkins wasn't for him and that will, that, that will be that. And I, I think, given the options that England have got at 13, with uh, Tuolagi, JJ and Slade... Slade. Um, and uh, even Elliot Daly, if you, if you need to. Mm-hmm. I don't think... I don't think Tompkins would push into that team... But given the opportunity, he is a very, very good player. So given the opportunity on the highest level, he can he can show his quality, and he did. I, I thought it it was a much better option when he came on um, than having North at thirteen. North, yeah, North, is, North is good and direct at times, but in thirteen, his decision making is not good enough. And the, the two two times that stick out in my head one where he tried to go on an outside arc uh, outside his 13 and basically just ate up all of his winger space and ran into touch um, and another one where he tried a little pass little offload to I think it was Josh Adams at the time and passed it forward into touch and just he's not quite there whereas Tompkins looks great he's a 13 he's a great 13 he's, he's a good 13 and he's a good 12 he was the best centre in the premiership in the last year, in terms of try scored, except for Brad Barrett. In, in terms of meters made, try uh, scored, defenders beaten. Yeah. In, in terms of all attacking stats, he was he has been the best centre, and and just by my eye, watching a lot and working at a lot of Premiership games over the last season, for me, he was the best centre in the Premiership. I really, really disappointed before before the weekend. When the when the squad selections were made, I was really disappointed he wasn't involved in the England squad. I couldn't, I can understand it, but he's he's great attacking skills. He's he can do the t- he can do the rough and tough stuff. He can do a twelve job and batter away like in a Brad Barrett kind of style, as you as, which I know you love JB. And I think we just we saw how I good he, we saw how good he is. The fact that he looked like he'd been there in amongst that group of people and in amongst that squad and in, in that environment for years. Now, gutted. Yeah. do you think he will start next week? So Wales Wales have to go to Ireland, uh, go to the Aviva, which will not be easy. If it was up to me, I would start him. I would start him, 100%. I, I would have started him this week. I said that yeah. last, said that last yeah. week. I think I would start him as well. It's um, not one of those situations, is it, where you have a settled team. In fact, you're ripping up most of everything. You're starting again. You want to put your own stamp on the team. George North at 13 is not a sustainable option by anyone's stretch. Tompkins is a 13. 100% agree with you. Go with Tompkins. And I, I wonder if that decision might be taken away from him because McNichol took a bit of a bang early on, came back on, and then I'm not sure he was 100% fit. Um 
So I wonder if it's a becomes a very easy decision. Um, but even if it mm. was, if McNichols fit, um, I mean, I know George North got got the try at the end, um, but yeah, I would I would probably start McNichol and uh, Josh Adams. The interesting call will come heads. when maybe game three when Liam Williams is available again. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. I I would so put him straight to fifteen. So I don't think you can tell anything about Wales from this result because they were playing Italy. Not to be too disrespectful to Italy, they're still Italy. And we won't find out anything until, I mean, I think Ireland will probably be a fairly, um, uh, a, a fairly good test. The only thing I know for sure, for sure, and I knew this before, is Josh Adams is legitimately brilliant. Yeah. How was he let go? He's so, it's amazing, isn't it? He's so good. I mean, so at some point, Domestic Welsh rugby has to catch up with the national team. It can't last forever. I mean, we've got this weird sort of dual reality where Wales are basically happy because the national team does well, even though they are garbage lower down. How long can it last? How long can they let players, the quality of Josh Adams, go well, and, not, and not be held accountable? Well, Wales under-20s lost to Italy for not the first time. I think it's two or three in the last um, three or four years. They've lost. They've lost to Italy, so that, along with letting players like Josh Adams go, that's a worrying, worrying sign, isn't it? But then I guess if oh, and can... also the fact that go on, sorry, the fact that they win no games as well. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean that's a bit more of an obvious sign, I guess, isn't it? Well, both both indicators. Um, yeah, but then I guess if you can bring in lads like McNichol and uh, Tompkins, then. What do you have to worry about? You don't need to uh, create your own talent. Just let other people do it. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but the thing is, okay, here's what really bugs me about the world system, right? Which is, if the system that you're poaching your players from is breeding good talent, and the environment that they're in, giving them competitive rugby, allows them to thrive and become the player that they've become. Because let's face it, the Welsh system let down Josh Adams from start to finish. Only when he went to one of the worst teams in the Premiership did he become <laughs> the absolute hero that he's now become. Um, why would you take them away from that? What will you gain from leaving Saracens and joining Osprey? Good. Uh, nothing. Good question. Uh, well, 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 I mean, you might have to, Well, not even... Well, I mean, you know, you used to get a house and all sorts, didn't you? <laughs> but, you, know, you know, think about, like, like another club who does very, very well. Exeter. What would you gain by leaving Exeter uh, and going to Dragons? I mean, Gloucester. Poor old Moriarty. <laughs> going from Gloucester to Dragons. Yeah. What a joke. What a farce. <laughs> um, speaking of farces, Italy, nilled. Yeah. It's a, I had some hopes because JB's beloved Benetton have been going great guns for the last few years. They, they had some elements mm. of the team. You go, what, what a really good back row. Yeah. Yeah. Stain, Negri, Paledri. I like the idea of um, Alan and uh, Carlo Canna. Canna looked all right in, in yeah. moments. You could and see you, what Franco Smith was getting at. You think, can those two unlock the, the potential you've got outside? Because they've always had some, some dangerous runners. They've got dangerous runners in this team. And the answer was, well, no, not really. Now, uh, before the game, Michael Checker was very, very uh, adamant that Italy deserve their place where they are and they need just need to be given time. These questions are never going to go away. 
until Italy start winning games, they seem to be going backwards. I know their domestic teams yeah. are getting better. Their under-20s team is getting better. Their under-20s team beat Wales on Friday night and they seem to be getting better. How much longer can they last without this coming into sharp focus if they keep losing in the manner that they're losing, not just and, losing? Because Scotland lose a lot. And how much of it will actually become a money issue? As in, mm. this this was not a good game to watch. As a, as a right. neutral... This was a bloody awful. If you're a Wales fan, you will have enjoyed this because it's a 42 point win. I don't even know. I think even but, some Wales fans would have found it a bit of a struggle. As a neutral, I was I was close to turning off a, a few a few points. It was just well, as, you, as, you, as you're both both aware, I'm I'm very neutral, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I just thought it was I thought it was a walkover, frankly. Yeah. Um, so how often? Uh, how long before another team might? bring in bigger revenues and it becomes a commercial decision well, I mean, I'm not sure a team will bring in bigger revenues because <laughs> uh, Pro 14 do this little calculation and it's hilarious and they did it before South Africa they say how many, you know, how, what their domestic market is worth so they came up with an enormous number you go what there's no way that your domestic market and the population that you broadcast to it is that large and that's because they include Italy and Italy is actually a bloody big country both economically and population-wise, particularly compared to Ireland, Scotland, <laughs> and uh, and Wales, yeah. it's enormous. It's probably as big as all three of them. Plus, I mean, it could be double that. Maybe, maybe uh, they it's, estimate it's value more than that. Maybe they, in terms of population, <laughs> maybe they got PwC yeah. to estimate the uh, <laughs> value. One hundred percent out. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, yeah, Ma- no, Maro Atoji's image rights. Took a took a tumble in value, and, and presumably that means I think you Phil you pointed out on a WhatsApp group that potentially uh, Maro Itoji having such a poor game, his image rights are devalued, meaning that Saracens paid even more over the odds for for it. <laughs> yeah. So they might be due another fine and more another points deduction this week as a result. Yeah, if they had opened up oh. the books, if there was forensic analysis on the past years, this performance from Maro might have cost Nigel Ray another half a million pounds. Exactly. Well. Um, do you want to bother reading my op-ed this, uh, this week about Saracen? Yes. In, rug- on, in Rugby Pass? Yes. Yes, I did. Very, so very interesting, just, to, um, JB. It was, just, it, it was just me purely speculating with no substance whatsoever, and I'm very open on this. I, I just made it up uh, what I might do if I was Nigel Ray or how I might go about gaming the system further. Well, gaming the system further, but, you know, making things work to my advantage, what, what, however you want to phrase it. Um, yeah. And that's what you know. That's what that's what I mentioned. So the, the past week now, I have been thinking about what could Saracens do with their spare time. And actually, maybe 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 Saracens' spare time should be a hashtag. You can send us our send send us your suggestions for what Saracens should do with spare time. What do you think about this? Saracens playing a rugby league game, maybe for a charity, maybe for Rob Burrow, maybe something like that against Wigan. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, that'd be very cool. A half I, and half game. A half and half game. I love. I love that Bath Wigan one back in the day. Yeah. Well, we can't do half and half. I've had a good thing about this. We can't do half and half because when we did the, the Bath Wigan one, I say we. Um, when they did the Bath Wigan one, the rugby league guys were professional, and the Bath guys, well, they weren't. So when the Bath guys were wrecking out the rugby league guys, it didn't really matter. You know, they were all the same size. But now rugby league. They couldn't possibly go into rucks against rugby union boys. They'd it have to play rugby league. Dangerous. 
you have to play a whole game of rugby league. And the law variation, I thought about this. You know what they're going to have to do for the law variation? They're going to have to go full MRL, sorry, MLR, Major and league have rugby. a stripe across the top to keep the shots down. Because can you imagine Owen Farrell or Mara Soji being um, written off with a high shot? The world would end. <laughs> uh, the world yeah. would end. And now, rugby league... I think the I think the law about no arms tackles was changed a few years ago. I think yeah, it's gone. The shoulder charge. I don't watch any rugby league now, but because that used to be absolutely brutal. You watch the you watch the oh. Super Bowl. You watch the Super Bowl tonight. They're just they that is just the most reckless sport. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it's allowed, so let the boys play. Yeah, yeah. and haven't they got like exactly. haven't they got like fifty concussion boys on the roster for NFL? Yeah, and there's, uh, yeah, there's hundreds more where they came from. There's hundreds more. All, all it is is like identify your real key important talent, put a red vest on them in training, which means no one touches them. Change the laws of the yeah, game exactly. that means anyone touches them, they get penalised. Yeah. And and there you and go. The so you're... look after your high value talent. The rest is everyone's a concussion boy. <laughs> yeah, I mean the rest of them have, about, have got about as much value to their teams as a um, as Bristol squad members have to Pat Lamb. <laughs> He's rubbish. Worthless. He's rubbish. Got He's him for nothing. Worthless. Worthless. Paying him peanuts. Worthless. Like I mean, it, it, it yeah. won't be long in NFL the way it's going. That basically they'll be like uh, on the side of the pitch. They'll be. Mass, masseurs and a, a spa for the quarterbacks and wide receivers maybe a running back if he's lucky and everyone else you, you, like ho- like horses have that bit of canvas put over them when they're dead at a race course <laughs> you just have that with some of the, with a linebacker under it so I, I'm saying Saracens versus Wigan um, Owen, Owen Farrell I mean the Farrell connection's really cool and yep. they've got loads of spare time and they could play in Anfield does uh, the Tompkins, the Joel Tompkins, does he still play, or is he? Am I? That's talk- a great question. A totally different. Maybe era. he does. What about Sam? I knew that. I think Sam still does, doesn't he? No, Sam plays for Dragons, right? Oh, Dragons. So I thought of an All Stars team because I watched an All Stars team with um, who, who? Who's a big star in rugby league now? You've got Sonny Bill Williams, Israel Falau, Sam Tompkins, Falau, yeah. Oh yeah, Israel Falau, Israel Falau. So that'd be quality. But let's not talk about Israel Falau. He doesn't play Union. It's beyond our remit. A bit of our pay grade. Uh, Joel Tompkins plays for Catalan Dragons as well. Oh, does he? Yeah. There Get, you go, then. He's only 32. Get him back. Bloody hell. Is that all he is? He'll be having coffee with the, co- he'll be having coffee with the boys with Izzy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. Now, uh, do you want to... Uh, can I say that? No, I can't say that, so I won't. No. <laughs> oh my goodness, um, you've grown, JB. <laughs> no, I can't, I, I, I can't betray confidences. Um, right, that's, that's enough Israel for our chat. Um, we'll, 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 we'll have predictions for next week, boys. Okay. Well, okay, so let, let's get into the games. And England v Scotland, is, it, is that Murrayfield, isn't it? So It is. England on the road again, again. Six, six days, they're going from Paris to Edinburgh. Um, what changes... Would you make, not will Eddie Jones make, what changes would you make to the England team? Um, given that I, I would love to change the scrum half, but there isn't anyone. Um, and it's it's problem, there's not that much young talent coming through because a lot, no. of, a lot of premiership clubs have um, expensive foreign scrum halves. 
Nick White, Kobus Reinhardt, Fafta Clerk, um, Francois Houhard. Houha! Houha! Um, who was Premiership um, Scrum Half of the, of the Month this year? Uh, uh, sorry, this. Scrum Half of the Month this year. Uh, Scrum Half of the Month this month. But you're right, it's, it is this year as well because it's the only one in 2020. It was Will Cliff. Yes. Come on, do you? Uh, who, who was that? Because maybe that guy should get a call up. Um, it, you know if very you well it, it was Will Cliff. Um, oh, was I, it? I wouldn't give Will Cliff a call up, much as I like the lad. Well, I mean, I mean, look, he's literally better than all the other, all the other scrum halves <laughs> this month, and there's some big names there. He's literally better than all. Uh, I've picked by Nick Mullins. And Nick Mellon's watches a lot of rugby. So, can, uh, can you know, we, I don't know what you're thinking, Phil. Can we just look at the selection? And this is why it's not about picking a player that you might want to use in four years' time. It's about picking a player you can use right now. Let's just say, for argument's sake, and this is the same with the scrum half situation, but let's just say uh, George Ford is injured in training and, and can't play. Is Jacob Umanger uh-huh. seriously going on the bench? Um, probably yeah. not. Um... Well, hang on, hang on. Kind of a different question then. Is he going to be? If they want to fly half, yeah, I imagine they'll make 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 do with a different type of bat, like a Devoto to cover or a Slade to cover. But you know, if the next fly half, I do actually believe is Umona because it's not it's not Zippers now. Yeah, but why isn't it? And, I, and I'll go like this why with the scrum it? halves. It's like Who yes, knows? yes. So you brought Alex Mitchell in to have a look at, but. Ben Spencer, Dan Robson. Like, one of the scrum halves gets injured, what do they do? They're going to bring someone from outside the squad in because they're not going to use Alex Mitchell. And it's the same with the fly half. I think if Ford or Farrell got injured... They should absolutely go with Ben Spencer. U- Umanga is not going onto the bench. They'll, 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 he might then go, oh, Joe Simmons, what are you doing now? Why don't you come on into the squad? I, I just... Or Marcus Smith. Marcus or, Smith, yeah. Or whatever it is. I just cannot understand this. And because I, I understand looking four years ahead, but win the next game. And now, like you say, it's sort of options at nine are completely closed off. You can't. He, there, there is no different type no, of player. Ben, he, it will be Ben Young's again. The only thing he might change would be put uh, Mitchell on the bench. But I don't think no, he will he do that. So I don't think that will change. I do. I do. I think Spencer, sorry, go on. Spencer for me is the guy who I who I would turn to. I mean, I'd turn to him anyway. I know he's not as electric as some of the other guys you mentioned in the Premiership, like Faf and you know, whoever. Cobus, but I do it. think he's the yeah. But I do think he is the best English scrum, uh, scrum half at the moment. Um, Dan Robson makes play. It's definitely. I know. I know it's not young. I know that for a fact. I've known that for a long, long time. Yeah. Uh, so that would definitely happen. And I tell you another one. He's so anonymous. We didn't even discuss him in the breakdown. He's so anonymous. He gets, you know, he just he, he gets into you know facilities like like a spy, and no one ever notices him. They never say his name. Charlie Yule, he got he can't play again. Yeah, that that uh, is done. I didn't even know he was on the field. Occasionally, it popped up with the guy whose face I didn't recognise. The reason I don't, don't recognise him because he doesn't play that much for Bath. Um, and here he is playing for England. It's not as if England is short of lock. I know they've got loads. Uh, Launch break, Cruz on the bench. Charlie Yule's there. Yeah. Yeah, I... Charlie Yule... I mean, uh, I'm sure he's a great lad and all the rest of it, and I'm sure he works very hard, and, you know, with a bit more time, I'm sure he might be able to be considered as an international player. But he's not bloody George Cruz. Right. Yeah, so so, so, so that that is a change, yeah. I think, and you will see uh, 
most likely Laws and Itoji. Yes, with um, Cruz on the bench. With Cruz on the bench, unless he decides he needs a tight headlock. Uh, no one ever mentions loose headlock out, out of interest. I was thinking about that today. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's like no one ever says. It's like in football. Where, or, no, it's or just generally when a football or rugby player on it or any sport with a ball kicks it. They they always say always oh, a cultured left foot. No one oh, ever yeah. has a cultured, cultured right, right foot. foot. <laughs> no. Nope. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm not even I'm not even convinced that a tie head lock is a thing. I think it <laughs> someone's made this up. But I'm, I don't know because I played second row lots of times. But I don't know if I'm a tie head lock or not. There again, <laughs> I absolutely do know that James Phillips is a tight head lock. Yes, and so is Mitch Lee's. Mitch Lee's a tight head lock, right? And Ollie Cohn was a tight head lock. 100% a tight headlock, although and, I still don't think it's a thing. And Bucky's boat uh, was a tight, tight headlock. But I bet, I bet if, I, if I look back at the tape, if I look back at the game tape for all their games, I bet they played on the loose head quite a lot, which then throws the theory into utter chaos. <laughs> so the, the, the changes I would make for England would be... I'd probably keep the front row as it is. I would, unless Mako's back. Unless Mako's back, yes. I would change the second row and it would be Itoji and... Probably Laws, although I do like George Cruz. He's a, yeah. he, he actually runs the line out, and for that I might have yeah. him in there. Um, I, have I mis- have I misunderstood this? I thought Maka was fit, but it was a special no. thing because he played so much, played so much rugby and he's back next week. I'm sure Eddie said something like that. No, I think he had an eye injury. He wasn't considered. Yeah, I thought no, I right. thought there was an injury. Same because uh, Anthony Watson yeah. as well was a was it a calf <laughs> tweak. But yeah, but Conderhill and I'd have a different number eight. But if, if um, just just whoever. on Mako, if yeah. so, I thought the scrum was one of the few things apart from the control at number eight. Yeah. Scrum was generally one of the few things that worked really well for England. Um, it would be a shame to lose Marla, but I thought Genj just his explosiveness and his work rate off the bench was brilliant. So I'd probably have Mako and Genj. I think scrummaging was good as well. His scrummaging was good, really good. So sorry, Tim. Who do you have as your back row? Yeah, so I'd probably, with the squad he's got, put Earl, put Ben Earl at number eight, but um, and then keep Cunderhill. Yeah, Cunderhill, yeah. But you, you know, the, the actually, the actually, thing. what I would do would get someone in from outside the squad, and who would you go for? Uh, I think I would. I think I would go Don Brandt. I think I would, but I, I'd, but I do really. Uh, yeah, I, I, I asked this last week, but I just wonder if, if Don Brown's so good at reading the game and finding the gap, I wonder what he's going to do when there are no gaps. Yeah, but with two workhorses, I think it, it just it frees that up. I, yeah. So I am 99.9% certain he will not bring Don Brown. Oh, no, or no he won't. He just he won't no. bring him in. So I, I think the change is I, I, Earl, Earl or Ludlam will start in the back row. Yeah. I actually think Tom Curry will start Earl, in number eight. And Earl Underhill and Curry. Yeah, they're not big. I, I like the dynamism and their their energy. Do you know? Do you know the one guy they really miss? Uh, and he can't be far away from being fit now. He can't be. Mark, Mark Wilson. Wilson. Yeah, I, I think Mark Wilson commands the place, a starting place in that front row immediately. Front row, back row, or front row. <laughs> uh, he does because. He's his his performance against um, South Africa, yes, last yep. last uh, November eighteen it was. Um, he was superb, and against the most physical pack in the world. So, yeah, I'd be he very really happy to see him back. A different level of destructiveness to, to to what he does. I mean, under actually Underhill's amazing, but for some reason I, I think maybe 
Wilson might go a step beyond that and he can play at eight. So, so if you do really want that double seven thing going on, he, he has to be your man. Even if you want a triple seven thing going on. Yeah. I, I would keep George Ford at 10. I thought he was really good. For all of England's poor play, Johnny May and George Ford yep. were both excellent. There were times where I got a bit frustrated because he he did, I don't know, three, four, five aimless kicks. Besides that, I agree. And he he, he was working off some poor service. Yeah. Not entirely Ben Young's fault because some of the ball from the but did you did you notice Ben Young's basketball missed three into uh, touch? Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> he got, I, he got, did I notice it? Come on, Tim. He got hooked off. It was straight after that, wasn't it? it was like immediately, you are off. Get off that pitch! Oh god! Yeah, yeah. it is like the guy uh, that was like watching a guy who was in a karaoke bar who thought he could. He could replicate the professional singer who'd just been on. Ben Youngs is watching Dupont and thought, "Oh well, Dupont can do it. I can do it." No, Ben. No, you can't. Stay in your box. Right. And as for England's back um, three, which yeah, is the only other. As for England's back three, which is really the only big topic of conversation, because we'll wait and see if Manu's fit and all the rest of it. But if everybody was fit, everybody, Jack Knoll and Anthony Watson, yeah, and and all the other players that were already in the squad. Who's your England back three? Um, May. Probably back to the World Cup position. Probably. I don't... May, Watson, Daly. Yeah. With who at 15? But maybe swap maybe swap Watson and Daly round. I think that's what he would have done this weekend. Potentially. Yeah, I, I think Daly's days at full work are done. I think that's over now. Um, I... I don't know about Furbank. He had a bad game. There's no way to play it. And I don't really know what he does well. That said, I feel that he needs another shot. Yeah. I wonder if he'll get one against Italy. I don't know why. Yeah. If, if Watson's fit, Watson, if Watson's fit, Watson plays. Yeah. And I would play him fullback and switch daily. I, I'll have the three, but if if Noel was fit as well, then I'd think about potentially dropping daily and having Noel, May, Watson. Yeah, I could go with that. I would def- definitely May, and then oh yeah, Watson over Daly. I think Daly's like an absolutely fine player. Like if if no if you know you can play him, you can't. I'm not bothered if he plays or not. He'll you know fine. Well, but I, I'd, I'd potentially think about him as a. a I potentially think about him as a thirteen, but who Daly potentially? But yeah. I think, but I think Jonathan Joseph is a different level of thirteen to basically anyone if you use Jonathan Joseph in the right way. I include Manu in that too. Yeah, I do. Manu, I think Manu and Joseph are as good as each other at different things. They can't do what each other do. But, but if, if, it, you get them, if you use them right, fine. Hmm. If they're, if everyone's fit in the centres, I think it'll be uh, Tuolangi Slade outside Farrell. But anyway, that, that's, yeah, that's another conversation. None of these guys are fit. I was just interesting. Um, yeah. So, and, yeah. And actually... Uh, England are going to get a rocket. That will hurt. They, there's things that they can put right that they need to put right. Attitude and basics. Trying hard. Right there. Yeah, look after the pill. Look after the ball. The old mm. classic. Simple. But then, And then Scotland are in exactly the same boat. They are. They are. Keep the ball when you're in the attacking third. Come away with points. Yeah. It, Hang on. It's, it's not Scotland, England next week, is it? Yeah, it is. Oh, my word. I mean, 
it's, it's not traditionally been one of my favourite games because it's always been so one-sided. But after last year's, my God. Yeah. And after yesterday's two games as well, it looks like we're, we're, we're in for some fireworks. Yeah, because it, it, I said it before, but the failures from both teams were eerily similar in, in this yeah. weekend. They were. So, well, Where do you think Finn Russell ooh. would have watched the game? Will he have watched the game? Will he have watched it? I <laughs> uh, don't know. Is he in I Dubai? Think would. I, he I, still... I think. I don't know. I don't think he's still Hang in on. Dubai. Let's try and locate him. No, so two questions here. Did Finn Russell watch the game? Yes. Was Finn Russell able to pay attention to the game? <laughs> I'm not sure that is that is something which he would. I mean, I. Assuming, like me yesterday watching the game, he would have enjoyed a beverage or two. <laughs> Perhaps. Perhaps. So, yeah, he, I think he watched it because, he, because he's a good bloke. And I think everyone likes him in that squad. He, uh, he, he, he likes everyone else. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he had the, the occasional beer to, to accompany his viewing pleasure, unless he was playing. It's Saturday night. You've got to have a couple. Exactly. In Paris or Dubai. <laughs> well, I, I'd love to see him back against England. Um, well, yeah, no, actually, maybe, no, actually, no. Maybe, have another week off, Finn. Maybe, although Adam Hastings Adam played Hastings, really well. Adam Hastings, whatever was written on the back of his hand, yeah, it worked well. They were they were moves actually. I, I got I, I saw I I um I watched the Scotland I watched the Ireland Scotland game. I was in a room with Jim Hamilton among other people who knew some of the moves. Oh, on, really? On that were written on Adam Hastings' hand, and he said, uh, Mickey and Mouse are kickoffs. Okay. And. Ah! Are you the... giving away trade secrets here, Tim? Well, I'm just passing on trade secrets <laughs> that, were given, that were given willingly. So that's just tough. <laughs> and they were, they were broadcast willingly as well, oh, so okay. that's fine. Perfect. So I'm not, I'm not breaking news here. Yeah. Mickey and Mouse. BDO was the other one. I don't know whether Adam Hastings is just a fan of darts, but there was another one written on his hand that was BDO. So, um, anyway. I, w- <laughs> I wonder which of Scotland players will have um, F. Ben Youngs written on their um, <laughs> um, arm. Oh, yeah. F. It, F. It BY. Was it? F. F. It BY. F. It BY. <laughs> And what did we think that George? What did we think George Ford meant when he had F it BY on his back yourself? Back yeah, yourself. F it, I'm sure it's F it Ben Young. <laughs> I, I bet. I bet he's saying that. See, I understand moves I written on your hand. It, on it was quite weird to see, but I understand moves being written on your hand. Like you see, you, you see quarterbacks with that little thing on their forearm, play play sheet and stuff. But. To have effort by well, on you, do you really need to remember <laughs> effort? Back yourself. Back yourself. <laughs> <laughs> He's got in too much into mindfulness and spiritualism. Yeah. What is it I need to do again? Oh yeah, uh, I back myself. I, I was yeah, exactly. I was about to ask to be substituted then, but I looked down <laughs> at my wrist. Well, or like you're trying to, you know, you're 13 and you're trying to make the outside break round round the other outside centre. I think, what do I do? Oh yeah, I've written it down here. Back yourself. <laughs> I, can't, I can't imagine when it'd be useful. Um, yeah, yeah, so here's the biggest question. How much of a head start do England want this year? <laughs> uh, more than 31 points. <laughs> oh my God. What get? So 32 points and you're home and dry, right? Yeah, yeah. we've got to be 32 points up at half-time and then it's plain sailing. 
Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, uh, hang on, Scotland win. England by six. Oh, I'm nervous. I am very nervous. I was I was fairly confident going into the France game. I'm nervous now. I think England will do it. Yeah, we, need, we, just... we need to get... We could do with designing a hashtag if, um, if they lose this. <laughs> do you want to put it on the whiteboard? <laughs> no, ha- having predicted an England win in Paris, do you now want to reverse and call no. down full 2020? Well, now I've seen now I've seen what they're bringing. Uh, no, no, we will we'll see we'll see what happens we'll see what happens this weekend. Yeah. Um, do you remember well, though? Do well, you remember well, though when um, the, j- just to go back? Do you remember when downfall twenty nineteen was being called and England were looking really bad and they were on a really bad run? You know, it was when they didn't have Billy Vanapola. Yeah, yeah, mm, yeah. True, actually. It was when it's when Billy, Billy Vanapola broke his arm again. Okay. But they also Billy didn't they have Billy when they lost to France last time? So two years ago now, twenty eighteen. Uh, no, I don't think they did. The original, the that, original year of the downfall when a really bad France team just melted England everywhere. Phil, Phil, will look it up. I seem to remember him being him having a broken arm, and that's when he was out. Or did he? Did uh, he not come? Was that? It might have been his first game back. I seem to have in my head. I think it might have been. You know, and they rushed him back too, too early, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, let's have a look. No, he didn't play. It was Hughes. Take it back then. Who, oh, I tell you, it was. Um, it was it? Was it? Was it not Tom Simmons? Um, Tom Simmons at seven then. No, no, that was Italy. So Simmons. And he scored a hat trick. Yeah, Simmons played earlier on in the the tournament, and then got found out of, um, at at the time. Simmons was on the bench in this game, and he came on for Hughes. Oh, actually, yeah. Um, so he came on for for Hughes after twenty four minutes. I remember watching a lot of him. Yeah. And this was the game that England were just underpowered, just could not get over the line, could not get over the game line. Yeah. So there you go. The, the <laughs> England have very, seem, potentially seem very, very reliant on one man, all the more reason to, to, to just roll the dice on someone else that could potentially fill that void. Um, but just one thing I, I forgot to mention earlier in relation to the England-France game, is the the I, I I love it and hate it and I I I love to hate it the French TV directors oh god and their I, I love it I love the slow mo the the gratuitous use of slow mo I love that when Ellis Genge puts in a legitimate tackle <laughs> just after Entomac kicks it the director manages to whip the whole of the uh, the stadium in, into it? a calling for a yellow or red card frenzy. I thought um, Nigel Owens handled that really well. Nigel Owens is one of the few things he handled yeah, very well in agreed. that game. Uh, he just said play yeah. on, but that didn't stop the director from going, let's have another replay, give me another angle, give me another angle, give me another angle. But I mean, even if there was <laughs> even if there was nothing but handbags, if there's a massive fight, I want to see a massive fight. So, the, but the yeah. director mysteriously had no angles of any fight <laughs> after <laughs> the try. I love that, you know. I, so I love because I mean, look, I, I, you know how much respect I have for the referees. I think the referees are you know, bloody brilliant for ninety nine percent of the time. But there's a certain pomposity that they have when they are demanding 
different angles from directors. I love the fact that there's a director who's not part of any union, doesn't answer to anyone but the TV company, because, no. 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 <laughs> just, <laughs> just on the... Give me the nah. <laughs> Just on um, Owens and the replays, the um, Olivon's first try, where mm-hmm. Laws and Olivon both go up for the ball, um, it falls to yeah. Rattes and Johnny May, Johnny May stupidly switches off. He could have made that yeah. tackle. But having watched the replay, so I think it either hits Olivon's arm first time around. Oh, it does. Or it hit, it, I'm certain it hits his shoulder and bounces forward and Rattes is in front of him. So I, See, what I saw I, was so, so the TMO said, oh, no, that definitely came off a white hand. Yeah, white hand touches that. And even as he's seeing Olivon hand push touching the ball, he's saying, yep, see, that's a white hand. It's, what? What are you were looking at? But actually, I think he hit it backwards anyway. So then, it but, was. But, I know, but then but, it comes off his shoulder. Does it? I'm certain that the last touch is it off because it, it hits. I, well, I watched this thing without any, without any audio. So I didn't hear any of the deliberations. And watching it, I was astonished that I was given as a, as a try. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was I was speaking loudly and obnoxiously with quite some confidence <laughs> in the ski bar. <laughs> I, I, I can tell you, I've seen many of these decisions. Many that is never a try. Nobody worry. Yeah, a try. Yeah, I I was a bit surprised, but Eddie Jones in his press conference said, "Look, if um, if we concede a try and it shouldn't have been a try, we shake our heads and we get on with it. If we concede a try and it is a try." We shake ourselves, our heads, and we get on with it. But so it doesn't matter that, to us. The way they reacted to it, as in they 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 just switched off. But um, uh, yeah, at the, that moment yeah. in time, Johnny May and, oh, and no. others switched off totally, yeah, totally, and, and the French didn't. And that's just another example of the French players just being sharper mentally and physically. When there was some kind of confusion or um, someone spills the ball, they always reacted better. Mm. Um, oh, I, I thought the, the officiating generally over the weekend. Just if I was grading it, it would be about like a C minus. I, yeah. I thought it was really quite poor. The the France, uh, sorry, the um, Ireland Scotland game was frustrating because yeah. it felt like there was loads of unnecessary technical infringements around the rook that had no impact on the game that were given that stopped play continuing, and there were some big high shots that were not given um, Hamish Watson, Bundy Aki, to name a couple. And compare that, which, compare if, that to Nige referee in the rock, which is just like, do what you want. Do, yeah. I'm just not going to pay any attention to any of it. Crack on. If you want to be offside, yeah. As yeah. As you're not really offside. You can be a bit offside, then we'll let that go. Yeah. Hands in, all over the place. Yeah. Carry on. Um, for, again, France dealt with that a little bit better. They did. They, they played the referee much better than England did. Mm-hmm. Um Tim, did you give a prediction? You did. England uh, I by think six. England by six. Yeah, I, England maybe by three. Um, the other games. So two fifteen on Saturday, we've got Ireland hosting Wales. Oh, that's a tasty game. That after last year's, um, last year's absolute beatdown of Ireland for the six na- for the uh, Grand Slam for Wales, it's got some spice to it. Yeah, purely because Andy Farrell looks so good. I'm going to go for an Ireland to win by five. Uh, I think Pivak, Pivak. I hope he picks Nick Tompkins. Yeah, agreed. And 
other than that, kind of as you were. I think Reese Webb does not look does not look great. If Gareth Davis is back, I also think he'll struggle to get a starting spot because Tomas Williams looks awesome. Yeah, he was good again against Italy. Against Italy, yeah, yeah. Caveat. Um, I did. I'll tell you who impressed me coming off the bench. Uh, I thought Leon Brown carried really well when he came off the bench. But um, good bit of spark. So he might be pushing for a start, but um, other than that, now crack on. Um, I think I think Ireland will win at home, though. I think they've got enough. Yeah, and they'll play better as well. They well, you they will think because they yeah. were not at their best. Yes. How do you see that one going, Jay? Well, I st- I'm still not convinced that the Pivik is going to be success, but. They're back. Uh, given what we've seen on Saturday, it didn't look too bad, and Ireland did look stale. I think there's just enough enough residual Gatland hangover to get Wales over the line. Give me Wales. <laughs> okay, and then Sunday we've got France at home again hosting Italy, which. If the two teams' performances this weekend are anything to go by, that could be 50 points. Beat down. Now, I really, really hope Italy correct a few of their, a few of their errors, uh, get some more cohesiveness across their, their team with some new players, or uh, new combinations, certainly. And I hope it's a, a good game. I hope it's at least a good performance from Italy. Mm. But I'm not, down. not so sure. Yeah, Beat that could, could be painful. And that's it. Uh, yeah, and there's uh, also... Are you going to be at uh, Sail Sharks Friday night, JB? Do you know what? I, I, I'll be on a major betting web, uh, betting company's website because it, it'll be televised. Oh, actually, no, it will be televised. Won't it? It's on BT Sport. BT Sport. semi-final. Premiership Rugby Cup semi-final oh, well, to, to face Harlequins in the final who beat Exeter at Sandy Park quite comfortably. Sadly. Yeah, so sadly... I'm skiing, and I have, you know, I, I, if, oh, if it's possible, thing. I would definitely, I'd love to go and watch Saracens play rugby. So, um, yeah, there's not that many times I can, I, I can watch them up in the AJ Bell now before they go down, so I'd love to go and watch. Um, but if you do want to go to the AJ Bell next Friday, do you know what they're, give, what, what, what they're giving away, Tim? I do. Does Phil know? I do know. <laughs> I do know. If... Exactly. Of all the things, the party couldn't get any. Yeah. Of all the things to convince me to go to a rugby game, a, a pre- Premiership Rugby Cup rugby game, a Premiership Rugby Cup rugby game on a Friday night with all the traffic going oh, over Friday the Barton night. Bridge. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, M's. I would if I if I could fly back from skiing, I would. I actually would. <laughs> so I know if uh, you want a free glow stick, I, I would. free glow sticks, Jay. I think you get two, <laughs> one for each hand. Do you? I, yeah, I would imagine this, this, so. I mean, yeah, the, the, uh, the party at the AJ Bell only gets better. So I would say, if you're at a loose end, for two reasons: one, go and go and see one of the best club oh, teams. Oh, get all on time. with it! Come on, <laughs> of, of all times, Sale Sharks play Saracens uh, because we're not going to see Saracens um, for that much longer. Uh, and also, go get yourself a glow stick, and it'll be a, a great. Alternatively, go to Poundland, get a whole pack of glow sticks and sit and watch it on BT Sport if that's what you wanted to do as well. <laughs> so, Jay, I'm actually disappointed. Well, I don't know. So, Jay, I'm very disappo- disappointed. I'm disappointed in your commitment to, to Sail Sharks because... Uh, well, I'm a, I'm a neutral. If it was around, 
I, can watch, I would go watch the Saracens game, yeah. So, I know a chap who's a big Liverpool fan. Um, work, yeah. work with a chap who's a big Liverpool fan. He was on a family holiday in Barcelona, or northern Spain, um, when Liverpool were playing at home in the I think it was Champions League quarter final, and he got a 4 p.m. flight from Barcelona to Liverpool, watched the game, and then got a 5 a.m. flight the next morning back to Barcelona to continue his family holiday. So I'm surprised. I think you, that's so sad. I'm surprised you're not showing that same commitment to uh, to your beloved Sail Sharks. But I, 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 I mean, as you well know, Phil, I'm strictly a neutral. I'm strictly being neutral so now I'll have to continue on my, on my ski holiday sadly that's, that's outrageous so your friend is outrageous I think that's actually quite sad <laughs> it's commitment mate yeah. Yeah. right uh, yeah I, I reckon Sale will win that and then win the Premiership Cup so there you go the, the one final thing to very briefly mention is that uh, we may well have a new team that we are adopting uh, on the podcast after uh, in Austin, Texas, they announced their Major League Rugby team is, is changing its name from the Austin Herd to the Austin Jilgroni, <laughs> which is a new cocktail based on the Negroni, but using tequila. <laughs> this is a thing. Now, now we, we must have had something to do with this. <laughs> I, 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 it's too much of a coincidence. It's too much of a coincidence. I completely agree. There's no way they've in. Yeah, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Great minds think alike, and, and all that. But there's no way there's a, a mind as great as our combined three living in Texas or anywhere for that matter. <laughs> I love it. So there so, we go. Yeah, I'd love to go to Austin, Texas. I would. I'd have good. some jabronis. I, 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 te- Texas is on my list. I really want to go to Texas. Generally, do you know there are more? Um, there are more tigers. In Texas, per square mile, than anywhere else in the world. And Texas is a big place because no. because because right. because people have them as pets. <laughs> <laughs> that that is Texas in a nutshell. Ugh. What a, what a country! What a time to be alive! <laughs> <laughs> right, JB, go enjoy your ski holiday, mate. All right, mate. I shall see you both next weekend. Let the boys play. The boys play. Right, we're at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. Hit subscribe in that feed because we'll have more podcasts coming your way very soon. Nice one, Phil. Thank you, Tim. See you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.